0: What's at stake for the Utah football program in the Rose Bowl? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate all of you who have continued to like and subscribe to the show. Would also love to interact with you guys in the comments as well as on social media where you can follow the show at Locked On Utes or follow me at JT Wistersill. And yes, my name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be looking at kind of breaking down what is at stake really for Utah in this Rose Bowl and also just a couple of things that really excite us when talking about the Rose Bowl. And I say us for a reason because friend of the show, and former host of this show brian brown joins us fresh off some holiday plate action that christmas always is great to bring us and one thing that's extra we get to look forward to this year as we got to last year too is Is my opinions Just- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um is what's at stake for this Utah football team as it relates to the Rose Bowl because it's a great opportunity for Utah football being back-to-back in the Rose Bowl, but I think this year it really presents an opportunity to prove you're among the elite programs in the country. I think Utah football going back-to-back gained them a lot of national respect still. But it's still like, can they beat an elite Big Ten team? And this is a Penn State team that is really good. Their only two losses on the season are two Michigan and Ohio State, two college football playoff teams now. So I think what this really represents is just another opportunity to I look back on the Florida game and that kind of that they let it slip away. It was like what could have been. It's like Utah's really good. But I think a lot of people looked at that. They're like, ah, they're just another Pac-12 school that in the end can't play with the big boys. Even though that's not a fair narrative, I think a lot of people still took that as the narrative, and even though it's not fair. And I think this is the opportunity to prove hey, you got close last year against ohio state getting close is cool but this isn't horseshoes so it's time to gut all the way through and be able to go in and get a win i think that's what a lot of people want to see and i think it's what's at stake for utah is just their evolution of a program when you're talking about the future of not just the pac-12 but college football utah has a chance to really cement themselves as a part of that to me if they can prove they belong with the best teams and that starts with being crowned rose bowl champs for the first time in their program's history
1: i think that's a lot to lay out right because mm-hmm. there is a lot to this game i think uh really uh, I talk about my opinions being extra, but my opinions are actually mellow and educated compared to most of the internets. In fact, you and I were talking previously about yes, we <laughs> the good old comments section on YouTube and and people who <laughs> who claim to know more than the people who really know more. And and I think that's a unique situation that you and I both sit in. We sat in the chair. We understand that people want to share their opinions and tell others uh, about things that they're passionate about, why they're mm-hmm. wrong, right? Um, and so I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to tell a lot of people right now, uh, that this game uh, is is important for one primary reason, and that's cementing the legacy of Kyle Whittingham. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I think this Utah program has already arrived. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. go to four out of the last five Pac-12 championship games. You don't get mentioned constantly across national landscapes and and by you know figures that I claim or, or believe to be sort of the voices of college football on a regular basis, like you're part of the haves the way that Utah has unless you've arrived. Uh, you know, I'm listening to the Ryan Rosillo podcast, and surprise, surprise, everybody on here knows that I love Rosillo and his podcast. He and Daniel Jeremiah talking about draft breakdowns. There's uh-huh. one team, JT, one team that they single out to talk about during that stretch. Do you know what team that is? I guess the University of Utah. The University of Utah. So tell me more about how this program doesn't fit or mm-hmm. how that game against Florida leaves them out of it or they're not part of the big boys. I saw Florida fans cheering and, and, and com- congratulating themselves and patting themselves on the back like they just in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And listen, it was a great game. The environment was tremendous. And that's what Utah brings to the table, right? This is going to be a fan base that's now going to pack the Rose Bowl after packing – uh, the swamp. And I'm not saying that the Utah offense are the only reason that the swamp was full. Just the fact that this fan base is traveling now. Mm-hmm. They are doing the things that big time programs do the recruiting class closing with the top 25 recruiting class. And, and it could still climb up to top 20, depending on how things break or who signs when or, or where uh, all those things are part of being a big boy program, so to speak. And so to get back to my original point,
0: this game is about Kyle Whittingham's legacy, not as much the program. When you say it's about Kyle Whittingham legacy, what do you mean by that more? So do you mean just cementing himself as one of not just a great Utah coaches? We all know he's the best coach coach to come through here. A lot of us believe that I'm personally someone who does. I think some people would point to other people, but you look at what he's done for this team. I, to me, he's the guy. Do you think it starts with that national recognition?
1: I think it's cementing his legacy in the annals of college football in history, right? Because Mm -hmm. you look at the names of coaches that have won Rose Bowls, and it's not exactly a shoddy list, right? (laughs) There are some greats on there, the Jim Harbaugh's, you know, um, I mean, I'm... I'm blanking Yes, on names, there's a lot. I mean, Ryan there's Day last year, most recently. Uh-huh. There's Nick a lot of Saban, best- like that. Yes. Everybody who's been somebody in this sport at some point in time has likely won a Rose Bowl, depending on where you come from. You know, it, you say what you want about Urban Meyer, he did a tremendous job. Uh, I don't know that Urban ever won a Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? And and this is yes. yeah, I'm not sure to this day the granddaddy of them all for a reason. Uh, I told you know my family. I said I don't care if you're going to the Rose Bowl or not. I am going. I am yep. never going to miss an opportunity where Utah plays in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's a promise I made to myself because when I go there, it means something to me. It does. Right? The the Rose Bowl, the feeling, the aura, you know, the setting, all of it. It means something. And I don't care if it's raining, snowing. Uh, it could be a you know three force force three hurricane or whatever it is. I'm not. I'm gonna get killed for uh, not knowing my my hur- hurricane grades, <laughs> um, and especially because hurricanes can't hit it in the West Coast. I know that much. It's, it'd be a tropical storm, but. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. um, this is about Kyle Whittingham cementing yep. his legacy as one of the greatest in college football, um, not just in Utah history. I, I, you can try and argue. I don't think there really is much of an argument that he's the best coach in Utah history. Um, you know, Maybe Urban could have gotten there. Uh, Ron McBride definitely set the table, but nobody
0: has done what Kyle Great. Whittingham has at the U. 100% agree. And it is a great opportunity, as you said, to just kind of continue to fill that trophy case and give them that much deserved respect. And speaking of respect, you make a really good point because you mentioned guys like Daniel Jeremiah. That's one of the guys I respect most when talking about, I mean, when it comes to the NFL draft, I think mean, he's amazing at it, but I look at a couple of the college football analysts, guys like a Kirk Herbstreet or a Joel Klatt and how often they always sing the praises of Utah. So you are right. I think in the analyst's eyes and a lot of these guys who sit there and they break this down, they really understand that this Utah football program has arrived too. And I think just coming off that another Pac-12 championship win that's where it really helped those kind of these recruits and I think a lot of the players see okay this Utah football program is here too. I think a lot of what I was touching on early on too is not, is as I mentioned you want the rest of the world to kind of see and give you some of that respect, but you don't necessarily need that. But I just think another Rose bowl is another, also a tool in recruiting that could really help this Utah football team with a guy like Walker Lyons still hanging out there. A couple of those other guys too, just continue to show the evolution of this program, because as we talked about, it's great to be in this position again, but you know how bad the play, how mad the players were last year after not coming away with a win. And I think that would extend to the fan base this time around, even if it was a close loss versus last year was just a, Hey, it's really cool to be here. We played a really good game, but I think this year it really is about going in there and getting a win still, which would be monumental, obviously, for the legacy of Kyle Whittingham,
1: too. It it would be, and I think it's partly, I, I should say, it, it is about Kyle Whittingham's legacy. It's also about the legacy of these players, right? Yes. You know, a guy like R.J. Hubert, he wants to leave on a high note because he's likely not going to play football beyond this level. Uh, his last game at the Rose Bowl being a win. That's a pretty impressive way Special. to go out. Um, you know, we're not going to see Clark Phillips and Dalton Kincaid. Those guys obviously have more to play for. It remains to be seen what's going to happen with Cam Rising and Brant Keithy. Uh, it seems to be a lot of rumors swirling out there that it might not be their last game. So very fascinating to see. You know, Brant's obviously not going to play because he's not back from the ACL yet or yep. lower leg injury. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, in comparison, Utah's now been to two Rose Bowls, right? for a program that's as storied and historic as penn state and i understand that some of that history is just not something you or i want to get into right now um they've been to five rose Mm bulls five yeah so you think about it like for that kind of a program for as long as they've been around for as much as they've been at the top they've been to five and now utah's already been to two so it's a credit to the program uh, it's credit to Kyle Whittingham. It's credit to these players, first and foremost, and the work that they've put in. And so I think you know, that's the unique aspect of, of what you're talking about in terms of, I think they want to go down there and they want to go, go
0: down to win,
1: not just to show up and enjoy the Rose Bowl.
0: And you mentioned to those players, I mean, this is what these guys came back for, right? It was to repeat as Pac-12 champs, but specifically they were talking about Rose Bowl as well, an opportunity to get there and get to one of the pinnacles of college football. And it's what they have the opportunity to do. And it is really exciting. And you also mentioned how two of the guys who won't be on the field for Utah in this one, I believe Dalton Kincaid said he's going to be there. I'm not, I don't think Clark announced specifically if he's going to, either way, Dalton and Clark will not be playing in this game. That relates very much so to what we're going to be talking about in our next segment, which is what we're most excited to see in the Rose Rose Bowl, which we're going to touch on that in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Guys, head over to LinkedIn Jobs today and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. That'll help connect you with great candidates out there who are ready to get to work it's easy to check out their resumes, and simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college linkedin.com slash to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. So, Brian, jumping back in, talking about the Rose Bowl part two for Utah in this one. Looking at it first, what I'm really excited to see from the utah offense in this one we could talk big picture but i think it's really fun to break this one down to offense and defense specifically i really want to see how cam rising specifically does without dalton kincaid yes dalton wasn't at full strength in the pac-12 championship game and we saw those other guys step up but we know how heavy the usc game plan was still going into that of taking dalton kincaid away that was a big priority Obviously, that won't be a priority in this one. And we saw Cam grow and do a good job without really forcing the ball to Dalton, something he struggled literally two weeks before that, where he forced a really bad interception trying to get the ball to Dalton. I think this is a great opportunity for Cam to just continue to show, too. He's a guy who I still think he wants to go to the NFL. You mentioned there's all those rumors and everything still swirling out there. When you say after the Stanford game that you think this is your last game in Rice-Eccles Stadium, uh, we know at one point he was definitely thinking that. And I think if he does get a win and get a Rose Bowl – kind of reach the top why come back to me? That's just how I look at it and view it. So I would be surprised if Cam came back. And I think it's a great opportunity for him to kind of build an NFL future. Look, I don't, I mean, if Cam gets drafted, it would be seventh round, maybe at best, but it more than likely feels like he's going to be an undrafted free agent, a backup quarterback somewhere. I think it's a nice opportunity for him to put some stuff on film, but just in general, you talked about guys' legacies too. Cam is one of the best quarterbacks to play for Utah because of what he's been able to do in the Heights. He's been able to help take this program. And when I look at Cam in this one, he's down his top target. We don't know what the stat what Devon Bailey is going to look like in this one I do we expect him to be out there but I think this is a great opportunity for Cam and I'm really excited to see how he and coach Ludwig attack a Penn State defense that look I don't think Utah's going to have a ton of success running the ball in this one Penn State gives up just over 100 yards on the ground to oppositions and Utah overall on the season even though they are better against USC has struggled getting to the second level with their offensive line so I think in a lot of ways this game could fall on Cam we saw what he did last year and I think it's another great opportunity for him to show what he can do this year as so he'll have a chance to guide Utah to a Rose Bowl victory.
1: Where to start? Um, I think there's a lot of... With this offense, right? Mm -hmm. The the basis of this offense is and always will be the run game. And I think there's a lot of what Cam has been able to do that has been built off of having a successful run game. Number one, being able to hand the ball off to a back who can get yardage uh, either through the inside zone game that Utah runs pretty proficiently. We're in a lot of split zone as well. That's the one where you'll see the tight end come across the formation. Looks like he's almost coming on a reverse to block uh, mm. on the opposite side. Those types of, of, of inside running plays that Utah truly loves because they really want to get movement and, and punish uh, up front haven't been as... Proficient uh, mm-hmm. throughout the season. And so oh. I think, you know, when you're talking about cam rising and missing his favorite target, Dalton Kincaid was worth a lot of production, especially against USC. Um, the bigger thing that I think Utah was missing throughout the season was consistency in the running game and especially at the running back position. Mm-hmm. I think that has been solidified. Agreed. And that's really where Utah, I think, will build their game plan off of. What can we do in the run game? How can we? to establish that first and foremost so that when cam does have to throw the ball he can use all of his weapons and and you know i think we saw uh, a pretty proficient passing attack against ohio state last year in the rose bowl i don't know that utah is going to need to go score for score yes and state as much i think it's going to be about ball control finding the guys when you need to find them and and you know there are there is plenty of talent out there i think we've seen Money Parks become a big part of this offense and that's got to be very inspiring for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've seen
0: uh, the emergence of
1: Jalen Dixon finally being a a regular part of the offense like we've been hoping for such a long time. Makai Bernard obviously always been a weapon, um, always has that potential to hit on a big play. Uh, Thomas Yasmin has been a touchdown yeah. machine in the last few games and you're seeing what playing with confidence has done for him. But on top of that, you're gonna likely see Maneer McLean again, unless mm-hmm. you know he's he's out with an injury that I don't know about. And look, I'm not at practice much anymore. So I just you know I don't get to see that stuff. And and we all know how they treat injuries at Utah. So uh I think it's it's going to be a unique situation where while Cam is missing his favorite target in, in Dalton. Um, there's also a lot of opportunity for guys to step up. You know, Makai Cope is a guy who could really emerge yes. and, and be impactful in this game. You know, Devon Valey, I think Solomon Enes really wants to go out strongly in his last game. What, what's most likely his last game is Ute. Uh-huh. And we'll see with Devon. He seems to be leaning towards coming back now, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, I <clears throat> I doubt that his draft grade was where, where you know, up to what his talent and potential could be. Um, So it's just... <sighs> You know, it'll be very fascinating, I think, to see what Utah does, but I don't think they have to go outside themselves or be too special in order to beat this Penn State team.
0: I absolutely agree with that. And I think when we're speaking of this Penn State team, let's talk a little bit about this Penn State defense. You down Joey Porter Jr., obviously a fantastic DB for this team. It's still crazy to think these two teams are missing their top pass catcher and their top defensive back going into this one. But that's just the world we live in in college football and the way the NFL draft works. And guys don't want to get injured in those instances. But talk about this Penn State defense. What problems do you think they present to Utah? Because like I said, I, I do think. Look, Utah, I think, has a good rushing attack. I think they will exceed that average of 102 rushing yards. I think Utah will have a solid day rushing on the ground. I don't see Utah rushing for over 200 yards in this one personally because I do think Penn State's going to do a good job there. And I think Utah will be able to find success on some of those plays through the air more so than on the ground. But it won't be like last year. I also agree with you where it's not going to be score for score. Offense is going up and downs. I feel like in a lot of ways this will be – a better game in terms of last year. It was a great game because of how awesome the offenses were. And yes, the defenses forced a couple big plays. But I mean, whenever you have records being given up in yards, it's obviously not the greatest defensive game plan for a game the way it played out for either side. So, how do you kind of view this Penn State defense? Because I do think they'll have some opportunities where, hey, they're going to get some stops on Utah, but Utah also could be able to move the ball on them in different drives.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the really where, where you see this Penn state football team overall, where they've struggled against are teams that really are great in the trenches, right? Michigan, Ohio state, you know, teams like that, that, that are the elite of the elite is Utah at that level. I think we're going to find out. Yeah. Um, but these are two very similar teams in, in how they play uh, the style of play that they want to play, you know, Penn state using a freshman running back, I think is, is a big, um, I don't want to say red flag, but a big signal to me. Right. Like, like, you know, okay, this is a program that we kind of know have been known for uh, running backs, but defensively, I think you know losing losing Porter Junior is a big thing, right? Um, I, I think this is a team that that you look at like guys that they have that are really kind of their ballers and it's, you know, Jair Brown, the safety, it's Abdul Carter, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know Manny Diaz as a defensive coordinator has been all over the place. Uh, you just don't see a lot of depth and a lot of the acknowledgement in terms of where their talent is being in the interior. And mm-hmm. and so I think that's where Utah can really attack. Now they do have some elite guys on the outside and on the edge who can rush the quarterback. Uh, no doubt about that. Utah is going to want to, uh, be very, uh, Distinct in in when they choose to throw the ball and how they choose to throw the yep. ball, right? It, it's you don't want to give those guys, especially with an offensive line that's going to take some time to adjust to, to going up against different kinds of pass rushers. Um, you, you know, it's just going to be some be some time, and uh, so mm-hmm. I I think that's an interesting matchup for sure. Um, you you kind of wonder how much losing Porter Jr. really plays into it, mm-hmm. right? Because he's a tremendous talent, but it's it's one guy. You know, yep. and, and this is a defense that's mostly played together for for the entire year and, and you know, a, a fairly respectable defense
0: in, in regards to that, right? Mm, yeah, very true. And I think it is really interesting you talk about, hey, a, a defense being without one guy, because that's what we're going to come back and talk in a second about is what we're going to see as Utah defense without Clark Phillips. And we're going to touch on that in a moment. But first, want to guys talk to you guys about a message from the National Highway Draft Traffic Safety Association. It can happen so easily. You're out with friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go, and for a moment you think of calling a ride. Nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home today. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license, lose your job, total your car. You could even kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life forever or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Make sure you guys drive sober or you will get pulled over. Also, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of this episode in UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high PY of 4.00%, plus you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Guys, UCCU has this incredible offer going. It's only for limited times, but they have options that to match your specific needs. It's super easy to open a, get a savings certificate with them, and once you do, you can go in and check this out, and they'll allow you to jump up to an even higher, jump up your interest rate once, anytime during the life of your savings certificate. That way, if yields continue to rise, you have the option to jump up to an even higher yield, which makes it a great savings tool in the rising interest rate environment. Plus, opening a UCCU savings account is super easy. You can do it online, over the phone, or just stop by any UCCU branch. But remember, this offers for a limited time, so make sure you guys visit UCCU.com to learn more and get a savings certificate today. Once again, the 15-month savings certificate with incredibly high IPY of 4.00% and those variety of terms and options to match your specific needs, only going for a limited time. So head over to UCCU where UCCU love where you bank. All right, Brian, coming back into this one. Last thing we got to touch on is looking at, we talked about what we're most excited about to see from this Utah offense. Let's flip it over and talk about this Utah defense, what we're most excited to see with them. And you mentioned kind of how much a defense can be impacted by one guy. That's why I think a lot of Utah fans are going to be looking for because no Clark Phillips, the guy who Utah fans would say, Hey, that's the best corner in the nation. You know, I feel that way too. This guy is not going to be there. He's a guy who's erased other teams top option for a lot of stretches. And yes, we've seen guys like Jordan Addison in a moment. We'll get his number, but one of the biggest plays of the PAC 12 championship game, that third down that he broke up in the end zone. Those are the kind of plays that Clark Phillips is capable of making, even though Jackson Smith and Jigba, Went nuts in the Rose Bowl last year. He had a great pick on him and a key opportunity to help the dudes really stay in that game in the end zone. And Clark is a guy who's just been a stalwart for this Utah football program these last three years. It's going to be tough without him, but I do feel like this defense will be able to survive without him. I think you look at guys like JT Broughton, obviously Zavia Vaughn having an incredible season too. What vaki has started to do is a slot corner a little bit and Cole Bishop and RJ Hubert. I still think this secondary is really good. And I agree with kind of what you were saying. Even though you're down one guy, a lot of these guys have been playing together all season long, Utah had. Look, it's obviously a very different competition when you're talking about Colorado versus. Penn State, but this is something Utah's had to do before for a game is they've had to prepare without their top guy, and I think they're going to come in and still have a strong performance in the second year. Sean Clifford is really good, and I think he's going to still get this Utah defense a couple times. They're also down their top pass catcher in this one, so it makes it for an interesting angle when you're down your top DB on one side and top pass catcher on the other, but I do think this Utah defense will still make some plays and look, they might get beat a couple times, but hey, it ain't going to be like last year. I feel confident in saying that, Brian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you got the ghost coming out of me because I, you know, I'm so uh, in agreement with you. Um, I apologize to everybody. Nobody likes it when you cough on the mic. Um,
0: I know we need a mic button, <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah. if, if only there were one of those on here, right? <laughs> um, fumbles with mouse, uh, but no, I, I think Utah's much better position. You know, we're going to have Zamaya Vaughn, uh, Fabian Marks, uh, JT Broughton, all ready to go. I think where Utah is is unique this season is that they've got a lot more depth that they've broken in over the, the, the course of the year. We saw a lot more Sionivaki, and yep. that's a good thing, I think, for Utah. I think it's an opportunity to play a few other guys more, and, and Utah has really diversified their sets. I think it's taken the pressure off of Clark in terms of having to be that one guy yep. who can cover and, and do everything for Utah like he did in the Rose Bowl last year. And and they, Listen, it's awesome to have that kind of a luxury, but there are other players who can step up and be – performance for this defense I think it, it's really on the defensive line this year to change how things went from last year you know that was a unit that was mm-hmm. very banged up you know Mika Tafu was way more hurt than I think anybody really realized sure. with his sports hernia and that's I mean if you've ever had a hernia man that's painful um so a, a gritty effort for him going out and playing but I think there's more depth at that position Jonah Ellis you know, surprisingly played in the championship game he should be healthy and ready to go uh you've got you know the only one from the defensive line that you probably won't see is van fillinger who's done mm-hmm. for the year yep. so that gives you a real a real wide variety of, of players and, and packages and things to throw uh at penn state and, and it's guys that have been experienced in doing it all year long it's not trying to plug and play uh a guy who's going both ways and and you know you the impact that I think Devin Lloyd had last season for Utah was so much more uh, negated in, yep. in the Rose Bowl than I think anybody r- really thought or, or recognized because he was dropping in the coverage so much. And and that's really not where you want Devin to be in, in terms of uh, creating distress for the offense. You want him you know, attacking. You want him in the run game. You want him pressing and pressuring and everything like that and ohio state did a great job of keeping cj Stroud up right and, and keeping him clean and and so i think it's a very different uh scenario in terms of how utah can attack this game with their defense and and that really because you have so many more options you can throw different coverages at, at penn state you know I, I they're not returning a you know all star at corner or a quarterback excuse me um you know i know that uh, Sean Clifford is a good quarterback, but he's yes. not anything that I look at and say to myself. Not like, not Caleb. Wow. Yeah. He's no, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'd even almost argue that he's not as good as uh, Bo Nix or some of the other quarterbacks out here in the past. I would agree as with that. Well, oh, that, especially that, this season. I'd, yeah, Michael Penix, you know, they're, they're, there's a CPR slew of guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's part of why I'm not super – this team in Penn State is built very similarly to Utah, I think. and, and but, but just kind of, you know, Sean Clifford is still where uh, Cam Rising was maybe to start the season last year, right? He's still working to get used to to being a quarterback, and maybe he takes that leap next year. Maybe it happens in this game. Hard to say. But I think they want to move the ball on the ground. I think they want to throw it, you know, to the tight ends and, and, and really attack that way. I think Utah's well well-built to handle it. And I think you've seen guys like Lander Barton really step, like you said, yes. RJ Hubert, you know, those guys who can really help in pass defense in terms of staying with those guys or, or staying with the zone or, or understanding their, their assignments to where it's not going to be as stressful maybe as it was against Ohio state in terms of trying to get a stop. I actually think this thing ends up being a little bit more of a slug fest yep. uh, maybe in the years past, but um, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to be close. You know, but I think the hard thing in, as I look at this game is in the moments where Penn State has really had to go up against teams that are equal to or more talented than them, they've wilted. And so I'm curious if this is something that they can overcome now.
0: Yeah, it is going to be fun to watch and see because as you um talking about Utah's defense, you made a great point too, just talking about how they've already played. Hey, quarterbacks that are at the very least on Sean Clifford's level, as I think you and I agree, better than Sean Clifford and not being outside of a Caleb Williams. I look at last year, the best quarterback Utah played by a mile was CJ Stroud, I and mean, they didn't counter that in the Rose Bowl. They hadn't seen anything like that. They've seen guys like Sean Clifford this year, what they did against guys like a Jaden Delora. You look, obviously you mentioned a Bo Nix, a DTR, and there's different, those guys in different tiers. I'm not saying they're all in the same tier, but then obviously Caleb Williams, that's the best quarterback Utah played this year. He's the Heisman winner. He doesn't, Caleb, defending Caleb Williams keeps you up all night, trying to slow him down, stop you. Sean Clifford is a good college quarterback. He does not keep you up all night. It's not like, oh my gosh, how are we going to stop this guy? It's not. Heisman winner, it's not last year's Rose Bowl, a guy who's going to be a top three pick, potentially the first overall pick in the NFL draft. That's not what he is, but there are some good complimentary pieces on this offense still. Even though they are down their top receiver in Parker Washington, who decided to clear for the bowl game, there are still some guys who can win on the outside for this team. They have one of the best offensive linemen in the country who decided to come back for another year, so a huge credit to him. Brian, I know you said you were listening to some Daniel Jeremiah, so do you feel comfortable taking a crack at his name?
1: <laughs> uh, no <laughs> not off the top of my head um but
0: uh i i could read it <laughs> i tr- i was gonna i looked at it earlier and i was like you know what hey, props to that guy he's a great player but i do not know how to say his name right now so i'm not going to take a crack at it but he's it's going to be a lot of fun to see him out there too and see how Utah does. We've talked about their improved pass rush this season. How is he going to do against a veteran like Gabe Reed who's had some success on the season overall? I think it is something that's going to be interesting to look at in this one. But when talking about the Penn State offense, I they still think the biggest thing is Clifford. They've struggled to run the ball overall on the season. Only 192 yards a game. So good numbers, but nothing outstanding I would say really. And how do you look at this Penn State offense? Because for me as I mentioned, I think the biggest thing is getting after Sean Clifford, making him uncomfortable in the pocket, which we saw Morgan Scalley put on absolutely. Absolute clinic in the Pac-12 championship game, making a quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it is an interesting thing. You talk about Olu Fashano is, is the player that yeah, we're talking about from Penn State. Right? Too. Um, well, I, I had to find out what the shortened was. Cause I, I, yeah. his full name is Olu Moyawa. Fashanu, and I apologize. Yes. I butchered that. I know Penn State fans are going to come at me. Cool. Try any of the defensive linemen for Utah, and then let's talk. Okay? Tofuna. Yeah. That'll be the easy one for you. I got dragged um, last week. You're saying Mickey's name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, we're a long ways from the days of Fano Tango Vailoa, so be so yeah. grateful <laughs> Penn State fans. Um, but the bottom line is, is that you know, he is a highly rated prospect of the offensive tackle position, right? And you mentioned Gabe Reed gonna have his hands full going up against him. But that's the beauty of what Utah football does. They bring pressure from all over the place. And that offensive line unit for Penn State's going to have to work together and really be cohesive. Uh Fashano definitely helps, right? Because you can almost always scheme up so that he takes whoever it is that's the best guy on the field. But that's assuming that Utah puts their best guy to his side. You're not gonna flop offensive linemen the way that you can corners or wide receivers or even tight ends you know and so i think that's going to be the unique part about it will utah see if, if I'm going up against Fashanu, my goal is to send as many different players at him as possible. So I'm going to send yes. some Lander Barton at him. I'm going to send some Junior tafuna at him. I'm going to send some maybe some Devin Kafusi and definitely some Jonah Ellis and some Gabe Reed and and, and all these players that we've yeah, seen Boston. all year long. I'm gonna I'm gonna send some Kate some Cole Bishop at him too. And who knows? Maybe we see a little Sioni Vaki off the edge as well. I'm gonna put him into conflict where he has to block a, a variety of different guys and wear him out confuse them yep but the most important thing is that we're going to stop the run and that's what utah football always does that's where i think penn state you know if they establish a ground game that's where i think they could really threaten utah uh because they want to do the same thing right they want to build off of play action they want to get the ball down the seam to their tight ends uh you know this is not an offense that was explosive by any means in in my opinion um they're not they're not super highly ranked in in any of the advanced metrics that I look at. You know, had a few good games against some opponents here and there. You know, defensively, doesn't look like they're a great tackling defense either. So, you know, I think that's some place that Utah can try and take advantage. The other big thing about it is that you're giving Utah
0: four weeks to prepare for this opponent. That's a lot of time. It's a very good point It's what makes this one so much fun is both these coaches and Kyle Whittingham. And then of course, James Franklin being a great coach too, have all this time to prepare for it. And Brian, it's what makes this one so much fun. And since it's the last time you'll be on with us before the big game, Brian, you get to predict it. How's it going to play out?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting game, but I think this is a Utah team that comes in with a lot to prove much like they get did against USC. Uh, I'm also going to give it to them. Those uniforms are just absolutely chef's kiss. Uh, the red lid with, with the interlocking U of U is just – it's a gorgeous look. Beautiful. love it. Um, uh, red jersey, I, I get everybody wanted the red pants. It was going to be a tough order because I don't really have red pants to go with that red jersey. Um <laughs> All my uniform talk aside, I think it's less important what the player's actually wearing and what what happens on the film. This is Coach Field. This is yeah, this is very much a an experienced. It should be a healthy Utah team going into it. You know, uh hopefully most of the starters are not getting a ton of work. You never know with Kyle Winningham. But I think that a healthy, experienced Utah team coming in with a lot to play for gets the job done against Penn State. I'm never gonna pick against Utah. It's just I can. I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed score prediction? to be a biased, biased media member, but I, I think Utah wins this one. Let's go 38-31. 30,
0: that is so similar to my score prediction I made a couple of days ago on another podcast. So it's okay. amazing. We must have something in common.
1: Uh, it, Most but, experience. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hope that this one doesn't go like any of the games we called for the high school level. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Yeah. 17 games, not a single one close. Let's make sure this Rose Bowl is much better than that. And this podcast is always better when Brian stops by. Brian, appreciate you joining us as always.
1: Always happy to be here. Thanks, JT.
0: Thank you guys for making Locked On News your first listen every single day. If you're in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest takes of the day, the biggest game recaps, the biggest stories in sports. They're all deep-dived and covered on Locked On Sports Today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for Brian to joining us, and we'll be back tomorrow with more action covering the Rose Bowl on Locked On News.